Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, this is At The Helm Sports. I am your host, Derek Helm. Thank you for joining me for episode 23. This one's going to be so exciting because the John Deere Classic is upon us, and boy, is it an incredible field. Obviously, I am being hyperbolic, and it is an absolute shit show, but quickly we will recap the Travelers, we will try to go into the uh, John Deere, get some picks, but also for this week I would like to kind of go into some contest selection and, and kind of how to go through building a lineup, especially in weeks like this, because there really aren't many strong plays that stick out. You're not really going to make strong statistical cases for anybody, and any statistics that you do look at as far as strokes gain go are going to be a little skewed because a lot of these guys play in just crap tournaments, don't play all that often, so really you can't gleam too much from the stats this week. So first I want to go over the Travelers, and then we can go a bit into that stuff. So the Travelers was actually a lot more interesting than I thought it was going to be. Really didn't have too much interest in it. Mainly because Xander was winning most of the time, and for some reason, I just hate Xander. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's the fact that just people love him so much and, and play him, and his he's always overpriced, always overowned, and, and maybe that's just part of the reason why I, I stay away from him. I did tell myself all last week that Xander was the play. Xander was the play. I usually am pretty good at, at keeping my, my biases to the side, but... Ended up fading Xander, and it, it cost me, obviously. So I did have Thigala in a showdown on Saturday, and it was going great. I was in fourth place, and then he hits that tee shot, hooks it to the right on top of that hill, ends up bogeying, had a chance to par it, and that bogey destroyed me. So it killed his bogey-free round, and the difference between the bogey-free round and the difference between a par and... And a bogey on DraftKings sent me from winning that showdown to 12th place. So that was absolutely brutal. But then even more brutal was the fact that he compensated for that drive and aimed way left on Sunday. Ended up in that bunker. Should have just came out. He had a one-stroke lead, but decided to go for the green instead. Didn't come out of the bunker, obviously. And it cost him the tournament. So... Really, really hurt himself, and good for Xander. You know, Xander could have just coasted to the finish, but but threw a dart on 18 and made the birdie. So good, good for Xander. He gets his first win since 2019. He did look really good doing it. So as much as I dislike the guy, it was nice to see him get back in the winner's circle and overall was a, a pretty good tournament and, and a very good entertaining finish. So that brings us to this week where we have the John Deere Classic. And as I said before, this this player pool is just disgusting. There, there are no golfers to speak of. When the odds came out, I immediately said, screw it. I'm just throwing all my money on Berger this week. And as soon as I made the bet, he withdrew. So basically, we have Webb Simpson and absolutely nobody else. So we are going to be scrounging for talent. We will go through that in a minute. But first, we can go over the course real quick. The John Deere Classic is held at TPC Deer Run, located in Silvis, Illinois. Deer Run is a 7,268-yard par 71 with bent grass greens. Ball strikers who can ride a hot putter tend to make up the leaderboard each year. Driving accuracy is higher than tour average, coming in at just about 72% of fairways hit. 
Greens are also much easier with 71% hit. And driving distance is also further coming in at 284 yards. This is pretty much just a birdie fest and basically a glorified corn ferry tour. So really you're going to want guys that are hitting greens, getting close opportunities and drilling eight to 12 foot putts. And whoever can do that consistently will be your winner. Last year, your winner was Lucas Glover at minus 19. And previously in 2019, it was Dylan Fratelli minus 21. 2018, Michael Kim, minus 27. 2017, Bryson DeChambeau, minus 18. And in 2016, we had Ryan Moore, minus 22. The cut the past five years has been minus 3, minus 2, minus 2, minus 1, minus 2. So I would expect somewhere around there this week, probably about minus 2, maybe even minus 3. The fact that there's not a lot of talent in the field, maybe it's closer to minus 1, but definitely will be in the negative numbers. And you're looking for somebody that's going to put up a minus... 19 20 or better to to win this tournament so it is going to be an absolute birdie fest going to want guys that are good on approach good with the birdies or better par 5 scoring so those are the guys we want to target this week and before we go into some guys that i am looking at i wanted to quickly discuss some strategy as far as DraftKings goes so when you are choosing your tournaments basically you're either going to go with the large gpps or a single entry, three entry max. Now for this week, because of how terrible it is, and basically anyone has win equity in this field, I am going to be playing much larger GPPs. Generally, I play single entry and three entry. And in those tournaments, you can eat a little bit more chalk and, and differentiate yourself in other ways. Whereas when you're playing against a larger field, you'll want to differentiate yourself a lot more. So what I want to say about this week is A, play in some of the bigger tournaments because I don't think people are going to be as heavily invested as far as research goes this week. So really, you'll see a lot of ownership probably targeted on specific players because it's hard to make a case for a lot of these guys. So what I would say is more often than not, there's good chalk and there's bad chalk. This week, even if there is good chalk, you might want to eat some of it, but for the most part, stay away. This week, you want guys that are low-owned because, like I said, people are not going to be heavily invested. They're just going to throw in lineups that they heard on a couple podcasts. So try and be as different as possible. Now, obviously, in most weeks, if you have one of the top-owned guys win, let's say Rory at the RBC, and you didn't have him, obviously, that's going to bury you. This week, you don't have that. Maybe you can make a case for Webb Simpson. Obviously, he is the biggest name in this tournament. But really, anyone from the 8,000 range down to the 7,000 range, you can just mix and match and change. So there's really not a clear-cut top guy you have to have. So you're way better off by going away from the ownership this week because if a guy at 20% fails to make the cut, then you have just jumped ahead of a lot of people. And how many people? Just to put things in perspective, you know, a lot of times we see a guy is going to be 20% owned. Now, what does that actually mean? If you're playing in a single entry and there's 2,000 people, 20% of that is 400 people. So you have 400 lineups that you want to be different from. Or if you're eating the chalk, that's 400 lineups that have the same guy as you, which isn't that big of a deal. Now, if we move to a bigger GPP with 30,000 people, 20% of that is 6,000 people. 
So it makes a humongous difference the amount of of lineups that that can have that you can have leverage on really. So I know a lot of that can seem obvious to a lot of you guys, but it is very important the strategy point. It is the difference between just cashing and actually being in contention to win a tournament each week. So definitely, definitely think that's the way to go this week is is play in the, the bigger GPPs and, and shoot for the sky. Keep your player pool small, you know, focus in on, on some of the guys you like, make a good core and maybe switch a couple guys here and there and, and play the ownership game and, and try and smash one of those big tournaments because that's definitely what I'm doing this week. And as of right now, I like some of these guys, but like I said, if they are high owned, I am absolutely pivoting away from them. But as of right now, who I am looking at is Sahith Gala. I have made a bet on him at 35 to one. He will be in the player pool at $10,100. Good news is he doesn't have to play 18 at River Highlands again, so he's got that going for him. He's second tee to green and 11th on approach over the last 24 rounds. I'm hoping that 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 fall apart on 18 doesn't carry over. Hopefully he can play the Mito Pereira game and, and bounce right back the following week. But I am definitely willing to go back to Thigala as long as his ownership isn't out of control. Next, I'm looking at Charles Howell III, 9,300. He came 23rd at the John Deere last year and 6th in 2019. He's only missed one cut here in seven appearances. First tee to green and third off the tee over the last 24 rounds. Also like Scott Stallings, $8,900. He is third in birdies or better over the last 50 rounds. Second on approach over the last 24 rounds. He came 8th last week and gained over 7 strokes on approach, so striking the ball well. Definitely think he could do well in this one. Then, obviously, we have the winner from last year, Lucas Glover, 8300 Think that's a very good price for him. He loves it here. Won last year. Came 10th and 25th in his previous two at the John Deere, so definitely loves it here. 6th in ball striking over the last 24 rounds. I am willing to take a stab on Lonto Griffin at $8,200. He is first in opportunities gain and fifth in birdies or better over the last 50 rounds. So hopefully uh, $8,200 is a a good price and Lonto can come through for us there. JT Poston had a good week last week and at $8,000, I think he might get a little popular. But if he's not, I will definitely be playing him. Obviously came second last week. Never really played well at the Travelers, but came second. He's never really played well here, so maybe he can do better here this year. Seventh and birdies are better over the last 24 rounds, so don't mind me some JT Poston. Chris Goddard up $7,300. Came 35th last week, gaining strokes off the tee, on approach, and on the greens. He is 11th and birdies are better over the last 24 rounds. Think he could do some damage. Seems to be getting a little bit of confidence and, and definitely like him. Nate Lashley, uh, a guy that's basically boom or bust, $7,200. Think in this field, at this course, he, he could possibly do some damage. Fifth in birdies or better, and 11th in DK scoring over the last 24 rounds, and did come 26th here back in 2019. Then we have Ryan Moore, $7,200. He won the John Deere in 2016. Second last year, 18th in 2019. He's made four straight cuts and gained five strokes tee to green at the RBC. 
He's 10th on approach over the last 24 rounds. As far as the $6,000 range goes, I don't really see myself going down there too much. There's really not a reason that you need to pay up for too many guys or try and jam too many of the top end guys. So I, I probably will stay away from the 6K. I'll do a little deeper dive. Check out the website, thehelmsports.com, for my full write-up and see if I change my mind on that. But that's kind of where I'm leaning for now. And and like I said, definitely going to be playing the ownership game. It is an ugly week, 4th of July week. A lot of people are just either just going to throw in some lineups real quick or just not play at all. So I really think there's some money out there to be to be gotten if, if you dig in a little bit. So my first inkling was to stay away because this is gross, but... Definitely, definitely think that there's there's some money to be made. Also, didn't touch on the bets. Two bets that I also made. I bet Ryan Moore and Goderup both at 130 to one. Probably gonna add one more deep dive bomb and and maybe one guy at the top. Not really sure yet, but again, check the website and and we will have those guys up there. Thank you for listening. I know this week does not seem very exciting, but I definitely think that that we can maybe take advantage from some of the people that are slacking this week. So good luck to everyone. Hopefully the John Deere Classic doesn't totally suck and uh, talk to you soon.